0: Those words, those titles, those descriptions of Jesus are so incredibly important. They're important to our lives on a regular, normal basis, on an everyday basis. But if I'm really honest with you, those words are more meaningful to us today, aren't they? We, as a community, are in our fourth now year of looking at cones of uncertainty and spaghetti models, and it's all too filled with anxiety, and it's all too filled with fear, and it's all too filled with the unknown. (laughs) Cone of uncertainty is is really a great description. Seems like too frequently we've been um, at this same point as a community. It seems like with far too great frequency we are waking up on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday morning or a Friday morning with the news that some gunman has decided to do something terrible in some part of the world. And I don't know about you, but I I have a heaviness in my soul and in my heart today. Um, I just do, if I'm really honest with you. And that's why those words are so important. It's why the words that Cynthia and Sonia sang this morning And it's why the words that we sing when we come into this place are so important. It's because they're truth. It's because they're truth. And I know in my life, and I'm sure in many of you who call yourselves Christ followers here today in your lives, if it were not for the cross, if it were not for Jesus, if it were not for God, deciding to redeem this world filled with tragedy and filled with storms and filled with ego and and desire and um, anger run amok, I, I wouldn't have any hope. I wouldn't have any hope. But Jesus, but Jesus. God decided to break through the chaos and send his son to redeem all of this. To come and save us so that we can have eternal life. So that we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt when we're done with the suffering and living in this world that we can have eternity with him. And every once in a while as a church we get to come around this table. We get to come around the cup and the bread that represents that sacrificial death and represents so much about what Christ did on the cross. But today before we dive in I just want to pray. And I want to pray for our friends in Odessa, Texas, and I want to pray for those people that today are in the Bahamas who have lives just like you do, just like I do, who are trying to make a living in a shop somewhere or perhaps by keeping a nice golf course manicured. Their lives are about ready to be turned upside down. There are people in Odessa, Texas whose lives yesterday were turned upside down. There are many of you who have personal situations and your life is turned upside down and unity has been disturbed by the chaos of whatever world you're in. And today is a great time for us to recalibrate and recenter ourselves on why we can have peace and why we should be pursuing peace. But before we do that, I want us just to pray. Pray. And just to ask God to be with those who are suffering, those who are hurting, to be with your anxiety and mine as we are faced with the unknown of the next few days. So would you join me in a word of prayer? God, I thank you that you are the mighty God. Father, I thank you that you are the good shepherd. God, I thank you that you are the prince of God of peace. And Father, right now, I pray for everyone that's here today, those who may be watching online or on Facebook Live. God, I pray for this community, for Hilton Head Island, for Bluffton. God, for the low country, the South Carolina low country. I pray in the strong name of Jesus that as we are weary in this, after many, many years of not having to face the threat of a major hurricane now for the fourth year in a row we're faced with uncertainty And god right now in the most personal way possible i pray that you would break the noise of chaos of anxiety of fear of concern of worry god in my life and in our lives And I pray that you would remind us that you are the peacemaker. And that you will shepherd our hearts. And that you can guide our minds to that great place of trust and hope in you. Father, I pray for the people of Odessa. God, I pray for those whose families have um, lost a loved one in this tragedy those who have been hurt, those who are today lying in a hospital bed with wounds both emotionally and physically. And God, I pray that you would bring healing. And out of the disturbing news that we hear far too often, far too frequently, Father, I pray that you would reveal yourself in a real, true, and personal way to those who are affected. God, I pray for those who are in the Bahamas right now, whose lives may be being turned upside down. God, I pray that if there's a way for you to miraculously turn this thing out to sea, to avoid the Florida coast and to spare some of those in in the Bahamas and to, God, have this terrible storm come our way, God, selfishly. God, we ask for you. And your hand to turn this. We know that you can. And we ask that if it's in your will that you might do that, God. God, I pray that you would be with us. That you would guide us. That you would be our shelter in our time of need. Father, I pray for those who are in this place and within the sound of my voice. Who came here today with personal issues that are just like the storms of life. That are just like the chaos that they have experienced in Texas. And Father God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would comfort them now. God, as we prepare our hearts and we prepare our minds and we prepare our our hands to participate today in your supper. The Eucharist. The moment of giving thanks for what you did on the cross. I pray that you would... Prompt each one of us to take a step towards being a peacemaker. Because that's what you came to do. Be with us now as we turn our heads and our minds and our hearts towards you. Help us, Father, to be thankful and grateful for the great gift that you gave us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I've often told the story of the the first supper. The first time that Jesus and his disciples were in that upper room on that night before he went to his death. And they were celebrating that, that Passover feast. They were celebrating that Seder supper. Remembering the deliverance of God for the Jewish people from the hands of the Egyptians. For parting the Red Sea. For guiding them. Along the path. And there they were, not really knowing all that was going to happen over these next few days. Kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? But there's also this great story in 1 Corinthians 11 where Paul writes uh, these reminders and actually corrections to a church uh, in a place called Corinth. And we've read this passage often. And I want to read it today with a, a particular emphasis. Every time you see the word you, I want you to be reminded that the you there is not you individually, but when he's writing that, he's speaking to all of us. I grew up in Atlanta, and those of you who grew up in the south, um, in, in the deep south, um, we have a word for you when it means you and everybody included. You know what the word is, right? Right? You can say it with me. Y'all. I heard somebody just say you all. No, 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 no. It's y'all, isn't it? It's y'all. And I want you to think that word. I'm not going to say it because it would sound really silly if I read it that way. I'm not going to say it that way. But I want you to think that way every time you hear the word you and you see the word you. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And we're going to read verses 17 through about 22 or 23. But in the following instructions, I do not commend you. Right out of the gates, this is like a slap on the hand to the Corinth church. Because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. Dang, wow, man, that's tough. 18, for in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And I believe it in part, he says, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. He says, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. No wonder he's writing this collective slap on the hand. And he says, what? 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 Do you not have houses to eat and to drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, he says, I will not. And then he goes on, and I'll read the rest of these verses later. And he goes on to give the specific instructions on how we are to celebrate this great ordinance that God gave us. And church today, I want to focus on something because I've talked before about the selfishness that was involved in the first church there. I I talked about the selfishness that was involved in their partaking they were there and you got to realize that they weren't drinking out of a cup that you you know it's just like one little sip and they weren't they weren't having a one little cracker we do that today more for convenience than anything else it's just the truth they were coming around a table around a feast think thanksgiving and he was upset with them because he had gotten word, Paul had gotten word, that they were arguing over the food, that people were coming early and eating. And I've explained that before, and I'm not going to go into any more detail. But I want you to see today that the you all throughout this passage is not just an individual you. It's actually used in the plural form. And so it's not you individually that he's speaking to. It is y'all, that he's speaking to. He's speaking to all of us. He's instructing all of us. He's instructing the church to come together at this table around unity, around peace, in being someone who participates In being one who promotes peace. The people came that day because they were physically hungry. And they were physically selfish. And they allowed their selfishness to get out of control. And so they ate all the food and they drank all of the cup. But you know there's in many ways a way in which you and I can come around this table and we can be part of the chaos. We can be part of the division. We can be part of the lack of unity. When we aren't with everything we've got pursuing peace, both in our individual lives with God and peace with those around us. It happens when we choose self over others it happens when we choose ego over humility it happens when we choose lies over truth and you see the very bread that we're going to hold in a few minutes and the very cup that we are going to hold in a few minutes is a reminder for us to be thankful that's the word Eucharist, that's where we get the word Eucharist or Holy Eucharist. It's a thanksgiving and a reminder that Jesus came to bring peace. Peace in your soul. Peace in the depths of who you are. So that you can navigate the course of life when there are cones of uncertainty and spaghetti models that looks like a two-year-old Drew sometimes. When your own personal home The silence and the beauty of peace is broken in a moment's notice with a phone call or with brand new news. So today as we prepare our hearts to take and receive as a more appropriate word from this table I want to ask you where are you in terms of pursuing peace? Where are you in terms of Stomping out the selfishness that we all, myself included, struggle with in our lives. And in light of what Jesus did on the cross, how much more should we be people who pursue in our own lives and in the world around us peace? And I know it's hard to do, I know it's incredibly difficult to pursue peace. I know it's easy. It's easy. Our world begs us to fight. Our world is screaming at us to put ourselves above someone else. Our world wants us to pursue the end of our ego and selfishness. We see it in our leaders. We see it in our Family, we see it in our communities all the time. We may not have control over what the weather does, and we may not have control over what the next person does, but church, in light of what Jesus did on that cross, you and I have a responsibility in our own reaction, in our own action, in our own attitude, in the depth of who we are, to pursue peace with God, and because of that, with others. And so today, what I want us to do is, is before we approach this table, I'll explain how we're going to do that in a few minutes. But today, before we do that, I want us to focus on the cross. Over here is a cross to my left and your right. And today, you were given a uh, three-by-five card when you walked in today. And here in a minute, um, our worship team is going to come up and and they're going to sing another song here today. And during that song, before we come to the table, we'll do that in a moment. I'll give you instruction on that in a moment. But before we do that, I want us to take a moment. I know that some of you came in with deep heaviness. I know that. I realize that. I've talked to some of you about it even over these last few minutes before church started. I've got it too. I sense it. I get it. But now's the opportunity for us to just talk to God and to leave something at the foot of the cross. And so today, I want you to, in the silence of these next few moments as as they sing, instead of singing along and worshiping, which you can do, I, I want you to consider this thought, this prayer, and then write down the answer to this question. Check this out. God, I confess this area of my life is where I struggle the most to be at peace with you and with others. And today, I lay this struggle at your feet at the foot of the cross. I don't know what the answer is going to be, and nobody's going to look at these. I promise you, after we're done today, um, they will be destroyed. This is between you and God. But there's something about writing down the answer to a question like that. There's something about writing down maybe your biggest struggle right now. Maybe it's major anxiety. Maybe it's some kind of conflict that um, students you've had, with a classmate yeah you're only two weeks into school and it's already begun maybe it's someone in your life um, who you've known for a long time who has disappointed you maybe you let your ego and your selfishness get out of control and maybe your reaction to someone or to some people has recently been very destructive maybe it's time for you to write this down And to put it at Jesus' feet. Maybe it's discouragement. Maybe it's a health thing. And today, there's no one in this world that can take this and do something with it. Other than the one who came to save you from your sin. And so today, as they sing this song, after I'm done praying, I just want to ask you to just take a few moments in silence, just in private, Grab a pen. I know back in the back, we've got Dick and Jackie King are back there. You can grab one of these cards. If you didn't get one, you can grab a pen back there. Write it down and just feel free to come down here to the cross. There's a basket to the right of the cross. Um, feel free to do that. Feel free to get on your knees, either here or there, where you're sitting. And let's let go of some of these things. Let's give some of these things up to God that, is, that maybe we're contributing in our lives creating the chaos in our lives, realizing that he was the one who came to bring peace. Father God, I thank you so much that you're the God of healing, that you're the God who can reconcile us. You're the God who can bring peace into the midst of the most chaotic, disruptive situation. And God, I don't know what people are going to write down today. That is between you and them. But Father God, I pray that you would allow us to write these things down. Anonymous to each other, but personal. So personal to you. You know every every thought we have the psalmist wrote. You know them from afar. You know when we sit down, when we lie down, when we wake up. You know everything that we're struggling with. But there's something about admitting that before we get to your table that is going to be cleansing. Maybe there are sin things that are going to be written down. God, I pray that you would allow us to be honest with you in this moment, that you would take these things and that you would help us, that you would give us the courage, that you would give us the strength, the strength that can only come from you. God, to flee from this stuff so that we can pursue you, the one who truly brings us peace. In Jesus' name. I pray that you would take these concerns, God, these, these sins, God, these worries, these fears, these anxieties, whatever it is that we wrote, God, I pray that you would take those and that as, as you say about sin, you cast our sins, that you take them and you cast them as far as the east is from the west and we are so thankful that part of what we celebrate at this table is the forgiveness of sin. The destruction of a lack of hope even when it seems like things are hopeless healing when it seems least possible restoration when it seems like it never will happen God I pray that you would allow us to walk in that God thank you for this time as a church to come together and give you our concerns those things that break through the peace and cause chaos in Jesus name I pray Amen. Amen. Today we are going to do something active again. It's an active Sunday. And uh, we have three communion stations down here to my right, to my left, down front, and we've got one in the back in that corner next to the coffee station. And I'm gonna read the passage, the rest of some of the rest of the passage that Paul wrote, um, starting with verse 23 and the instructions that he gave that church back then in the first century, and it's the same instructions that we have today. And the focus today is gonna be on a small wafer. It's a cracker. It's not unleavened bread like they had. It's not the real deal. It's not the full thing, but its symbol and its representation is the body of Christ was torn apart that was broken for us And you're gonna take a cup and in that cup is gonna be grape juice it's not the same four cups that they had in the original meal that they ate together but it's a representation of the blood that was shed that day on the cross and it's a reminder for those of us who have put our faith in Christ the sacrifice that he made. It's also, for those of you who may have come in here today, it could be a reason for you to put your faith in Jesus for salvation. It could be that last thing that puts you over the edge. Maybe you've been searching for a long time, but wow, today something has happened happening. You'd hear your heart's beating. You feel like, man, maybe, maybe God is reaching out to me. And I would encourage you. If you've never put your faith in Jesus, uh, you come and talk to me. Um, come and talk to, I know Pastor Scott is, is here, he's over here on my left. Talk to one of us, Chris is back in the back. Come and talk to us. We would love to talk to you about receiving Jesus as your Savior, of making Him um, the focus of your life. And for the rest of us today, we get to celebrate and remember what He did on the cross. And so today what we're going to do is, is, while Cynthia and Sonia sing, um, um, we're going to have you guys come to one of these stations, one of these communion stations. And you can take that, that little wafer and you can take that cup. You can receive both of those and you can pull away off to the side here. You can take it back to your seat. I want to encourage you to take it for a moment and, and hold it. And just reflect on, on the sacrifice that he made for you. And think about the fact that many of the things that you just gave to him... Reason that you can do that today, the reason that we have a relationship with God, the reason that when we die, we will be in heaven with Him and spend eternity with Him is because of what that wafer and what that cup represents His body and His blood that was torn and that was spilled for us. So when they start singing, this room can come alive once more, and you can take both at the same time and you can take it back to your seat or pull away. Maybe you want to pull away as a family and pray together. That's fine. However you feel comfortable doing that today is great. Paul continued and he wrote in verse 23 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And I love verse 26. He says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. As we come to the table today in unity, as we come to the table under the peace that God provided, I'll ask the ushers to go ahead and come forward. You guys can come to those tables. But you also, when I'm done praying, you can come to the table. and You can receive this great supper that we have to celebrate, this communion with God and with others. And we can remember what he did on the cross. Father God, we thank you so much for the sacrifice that you made. God. For saving me from my sins God thank you for coming and dying for the sins of the world thank you for not only bringing us hope in the midst of hopelessness but God I thank you for bringing peace in the midst of chaos and as we follow in the celebration of, a, of an ordination ordinance that is um, not just it's many thousands of years old god we remember that you delivered us from our sins so that we can have a relationship with you and we give thanks for your body and we give thanks for your blood now let us come to the table with thanksgiving and let us express that thanksgiving to you we now receive communion we now receive this Eucharist, this moment of thanksgiving, in Jesus' name.